0: It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element FM.
0: Welcome to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses. We'd like to start the show tonight with an excerpt of a much longer interview I did with Amos Key on Six Nations following all COVID-19 protocols. Of course, we will be playing you the entire interview with Amos at a later date on a special Moment of Truth presentation. All right. My guest here on Moment of Truth is Amos Key. Now, Amos Key is someone I've known for quite a while. He is the current executive director of CKRZ 100.3 FM on Six Nations, or CKRZ, some people say. Mm -hmm. So, Scano, Amos, welcome to the show. Scano, David. Scano, Scano. And Amos, you are the current executive director of CKRZ, but you have a long history with the radio station. You've been involved with the station for yeah. a long time, decades, In, in involved with the board. Yes. You had your own radio show, doing yeah. the blues show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you've got a long involvement with yeah. that end of communications. And that's right. why right. this conversation is kind of going, okay. because on top of all that, you have been involved with... Languages. You've been involved mm-hmm. with educational institutions. You had a an education program named after you mm-hmm. at one point in yeah. time. And we yeah. want to talk about that because sure. it was a, an online learning program yeah. ahead of the curve. Because mm-hmm. when it started, uh, that kind of thing wasn't really thought of much. Yes, uh, right. As you said, you were just saying it was about 2010 when mm-hmm. that got yeah. initiated. Yeah. So... Yeah, there's a lot of things for us to talk about, because yes. here we are in COVID-19, yeah. and we have a situation where online learning is huge, yes. and that's why we I wanted to, to talk with you about it, because it's not only about the education, it's about the endangerment of languages and the revitalization that we're seeing with languages. Mm-hmm. That's something else that has come forward. And of course, we all know about connectivity on reserves is dicey in many places, oh, yes. and trying to learn online alone is, mm-hmm. is a challenge right. so you put those other technical issues in front of this right. and you know what are we, we dealing with so first of all let's talk about your involvement with the radio station just a little bit
2: okay um i while well, the gaswane and honyo go and the hanagrisngwa it just scan out wono tonya ni was uh taihosin waskyo I was out was ni ganyata and wash Six Nations Nick Uh my name is Amos Key Jr. and I just introduced myself in my language, the Kiga language, It's is one of the six languages of uh, the Confederacy, our civilization. And um I just said that I'm a Mohawk and I live here at Oshuega, or Oswegan, we say it, I guess, Anglicized. And uh at Six Nations, we call it in our language, yei Anyway, I just introduced myself and my language to all of you, all the listeners. Yeah, I was involved with uh, with the radio station at the, um, not at the very beginning. I know they were pirating a station at the beginning. Uh, uh, my uh, great colleague, uh, uh, Carolyn King, um, she's the one that got me involved with it and... and uh, Brian Johnson and mm. uh, the Hill Boys—I can't remember their names, you know—but um, I wasn't involved with them as well. And, and a guy named T.J. Ever, hes the mm. one that I know. Yeah. He was a—he was a broadcaster yeah. initially, a pirate broadcaster. <laughs> anyway, they were—they were the ones that were experimenting with uh, community radio. Uh, uh, they were—they had a pilot pirate station. They were moving the antenna around to make sure they had a good signal. That kind of experimenting. Anyway, that's when I came to a—I uh, came to the plaza. And we were all talking about whether this could be something we all want to do. And and those guys, of course, they had the energy to move it around. And I think at one point, it was even tried to be piloted over at New Credit, and then they moved it back to Six Nations. But anyway, we got involved with that, and I got involved with it. I guess they must have known I had graduated from radio and television Mm. at one point. So they uh, asked me to come and join them, and and Carolyn as well. And uh, uh, Carolyn was already here, so I just joined her, and... uh, we became the pioneers of this radio station, and they were doing uh, working on the technical side. Um, our technology, mind you, was very primitive. We had a a, a Radio Shack uh, soundboard and a couple of microphones and record players and CD players at the time. Well, not even that. It was cassettes at the right, time. Right. So it was very, when we think about it now, how primitive it was. And, I mean, we're talking about that even on CKRZ. We're celebrating our 31st year. Yeah. And, We've been uh, showcasing some of our volunteers and their right. reminiscences, yeah. Yeah. their memoirs, their memories of uh, the, the station in early beginnings. Anyway, we're celebrating that this week. Yeah, congratulations. That's great. Yeah, that's great. And it's nice to be back here after 30 years. Mm. But anyway, we, we started that and, and um, we thought, well, now we've got to become a little bit more formally organized. So uh, I volunteered to, to craft the Constitution for our organization mm. And whether we would have a membership, uh, because it's a community radio, community-driven radio station. So we had a membership, um, and we sold memberships, and that that got you to come to an annual meeting, and you got to to adopt uh, or recommend your slate of directors. And then we a lot of volunteers, a lot of people just volunteered to uh, to do radio programs, morning and afternoon, Um, and we gave as much. Funds we could raise to f- to uh, finance their their work, um, so those were the really early early beginnings. And we had, and then we started to look at uh, fundraising. Hmm. So we had a, a we our core fund. We don't get core funding from anywhere else. We're, we're not uh, eligible for the funding program from the Department of Canadian yeah. Heritage, which they fund the Northern Broadcast Act right. or right. policy from. Right. Um, and I kind of find that discriminatory, even to this day, because uh, it's for the north of the Hamlin line, mm. 60 degrees, mm. but um, there's nothing for a southern radio. And yeah. I find that regardless of how you look at it, it's discriminatory. Mm. We're, we're, out of, we're not uh, involved with that. And um, I, f- I really found that hard. And it's hard for all of our, 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 our sister stations yeah. across mm. uh, indigenous communities across southern Ontario. Because they don't have core funding. We're all, we have to, we're the poor cousin of commercial radio, Mm -hmm. but we still have to pay the bills Mm -hmm. and pay staff if Mm -hmm. we want to keep them. Um, So that's my role, and that's been our role at CKRZ. So we we had implemented a radio bingo as a fundraising effort, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, that has a long history, and it's been, it was bilingual. I I used to do it in my language and English. Mm so that, w- that was fun. And, and it depends on the season, I guess, when, when people want to play bingo. But it's been a, a mainstay of our organization, mm-hmm. plus selling commercials. Yeah. Um, when we first started, we got our first license to CRTC. At the time, we were only limited under native broadcast policy, four minutes and, an hour. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But now that's removed. You can have right. as much as you want. Right. So they re-revised that, which is kind of great for us now.
0: And, um, but it also speaks to the challenge that yes. they recognize that you, you yeah. need more advertising yeah. to survive. Yeah. And yeah. It's, I imagine it's still difficult to, oh, it is. to feel yeah. that, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. It
2: is. It is. Um, and, um, you know, we're going through our growing pains again. We're almost like we're reorganizing ourselves. We have a new board, a new administration there, and that's why I came on to help um, to help them with the administration side of it. But I think it's going pretty good. I can just share a story. I, I don't know if we're looking for stories as well, but I can remember um, when we first had our first radio bingo, and I vol- we had, the, as I said, the Radio Shack kind of pod mm. and a soundboard and a very mixing board, I guess, and, mm. and a record player. And and we sold cars just locally because our footprint was probably five miles mm. in the village. Mm-hmm. And because um, we were a pirate station, we weren't licensed yet, but we had to fund funds. So we... we um, Everybody volunteered to do work on a bingo, and we sold cards as best we could. But I, you know, my and I, uh, whenever I write my book, I'm going to talk about this. We were so colonized here at Six Nations at the time mm. that when we fo- first started the first bingo, there was someone who called after the second number that I called in Cayuga and in English,
0: mm.
2: and TJ answered the phone. So I put this pod down and I, you know, I said, so I just played some music right away mm. and like it would normally do. And, um, he says, I hope you might have to beat this out. This woman says, she wants to know why the fuck you got the native language on here. Wow. Right. And was this someone from the community? It had to be somebody in the community that five, yeah. five mile radius. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said we are so colonized. Right. Right. Um, And I always say this. I said, I'm lucky I wasn't on television because I would have turned several (laughs) several (laughs) colors of red and purple, probably. But, you know, that strengthened our resolve and my resolve as well. Because I also at that time, my full-time job was a director of First Nations Languages. Mm. So that hit me. Yeah. You know. So. I just said, well. We're going to continue on. Yeah. So wow. I turned that microphone and pushed those paws back up and kept right on going and it's been going ever since. <laughs> you know, but that was in our own community that shows yeah. you how colonized we were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I also hit that too also because in my role as a, as a director of languages uh, at the Woodland Cultural Center, uh, when we had uh, when we were setting up the immersion bilingual school system here, mm. uh, we had critics who said to us, they're not, they're not going to teach them anything there except witchcraft wow that shows you how colonized we were uh, uh. talk about being converted and colonized yeah wow where would they get that yeah. you know like you have to ask yourself but anyway we kept on persevering we have uh, and it's almost the same time as we're doing communications mm-hmm. in our languages Right. Mm-hmm. this is uh, so we have the radio station now we have immersion mm-hmm. and it's been going on both the radio station has been going on for 31 years Go a little bit longer. Right. Uh, it's about thirty-five years. Right. Um, but you know, we now have young folks who are bilingual. Yeah. If we would have taken that and and if it would have crushed us. Yeah. Those kinds of comments, mm-hmm. we wouldn't be where we are right now, trying to decolonize ourselves at Six Nations of Shuigetan. So anyway, we ha- we had to learn all of that too, and and that's our history here. And that's why I said one day I'll write a book and. Mm-hmm. I'll talk about all this. But anyway, I just wanted to share those stories with you because this is, it's what happened to us. So now we have a radio station that's been going on for uh, 31 years. We have some great uh, programming. We have some great DJs. And now we want to be more proactive with our right. mandate right. to promote our own indigenous civilizations yes. and our own languages. So we kind of we kind of went off the rails there for a while. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to try and recover all of that—that that mm-hmm. philosophy and mm-hmm. that psychology of having our own languages, right? And our own, and a place where we can talk about our own civilizations, right? Whether it's Nishnabé and Hongwe. Uh, yeah, um, that's great. because we don't uh, we don't do that very well, and we're going to try and re retool ourselves and, and get back on a railway track that we were on. With that mandate. Mm-hmm. So that's my role right now mm-hmm. is to dig us out of that and, and then try and, try and heal some of that as well. So, in our relationships as well, because that's kind of been tarnished a bit. Right. So, anyway, that's what we're doing. And um, I, um, I've always been involved with our civilization. And um, I uh, in my journey, in my, uh, my career, uh, I've come to the point where I debunked the term culture to self identify as a label. I always
0: say we have a civilization, I, and I remember you saying that when yes. you used that term. and went, "Yes, I remember you using the word yes. civilization." Yeah. Yeah.
2: And we do. We have, I, I and when I lecture now to young people at the, whether it's at the university, because I was I just was recently at the University of Toronto, um, and they get it. Our young hmm. young people get what I'm talking about when hmm. I say civilization. Hmm. I said, but you know the the British crown and and their privilege said no you don't have a civilization and they had all kinds of labels like being pagan right, right, uncivilized, civilized right, and right. all of that barbaric. All those terms that they used mm. to identify us since mm-hmm. the beginning of this confederation here in Canada. Right. In fact that's what they had that's why they had residential schools when you when you look at it. Yeah. So anyway, I've I come to the point where in my confidence and and in my own level of audacity to say we have a civilization. Mm. No longer will I. And I was able to successfully lecture at the university in my four courses without saying the word
0: culture. <laughs> and, and what was your title? What were you doing at the at University of, of Toronto? Yeah. I was
2: a professor of for, in the, the Center for Indigenous Studies at the University of Toronto. Okay, And that was 215 to 219. Right. Um, that's how long I was there. And I, I loved it. I loved mm. teaching at that level. Mm. Uh, people all over the world. Because right. I had students from all over sure. the world. And my main courses were on truth and reconciliation. So I had, I had all that history to take and right. to share with them. So anyway, that's, and then I used to say that. And I said, well, we have a civilization. And they get it mm-hmm. at that level, that intellectual level. They understood what I was trying to say. These students, these are third and fourth year students. Right. And they understood it. Mm-hmm. And I said, but we were labeled with culture. Right. But, you know, I, I used to use the example with them that, you know, hockey is a culture in this country. <laughs> you know, Mm. Um, so is tennis figure skating anything Mm. we do is a culture Mm. but they say they'll say indigenous or first nations culture right and they put us all in this pan indigenous or pan yeah uh, in native or whatever label but it's it's much deeper than that because it has its own psychology you know all of these sciences sure it has its own ethics its own values core values just like any civilization in the world exactly and in fact, I used to say to my students, you know, the fact that remains is that they were saying, were they were they were saying, uh, you can read, you you don't have to believe me, you can read documents that say they were uncivilized. But I always remind them, if we were uncivilized, we could not have a democracy. Mm. Hmm. Right. Right. Point one. And of Yet course, we the, have the Three Fires Confederacy for yep. the Anishinaabe and yep. for our people, the where mm. we, we yep. have the Six Nations mm-hmm. Confederacy. Not not only mentioning that, but the United States. <laughs> yeah, no, the United States borrowed from, heavily yes, it, from it. Yeah. And, and you go to the congressional records and you can see evidence there mm-hmm. that they actually want to watch it in operation. Mm. So I say that to my students and the rest of the world at the time, we, we evolved with this confederacy, this democracy. Mm. The rest of the world were still being led by kings and queens. Right. Another point. Right. Yeah. So how can we not have been Civilized, right? We were civilized, hence civilization. Mm. You know that's why I, I you know I barked on this and I debunked that term culture. now yeah. so, to self-identify with yeah. that label, right? I say we have an indigenous culture, a civilization. We have three of them in Ontario: mm. the Muskego who are the Cree in the far north, the Anishinaabe in the middle of uh, the Upper Great Lakes, mm. and then our people, the Onwahomwe in the Southern Great Lakes and into mm. New York State. Mm. So those basically are is a geogra- geography and. And when I said it that way to my students, uh, they got it. Right. And now when I say it with my own people, they get it. Right. You know, they said it, they never thought about it that way, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess it's all my work and my research that I've done in Truth and Reconciliation about us, What what is what is it we want to be, mm-hmm. you know, in, in 2021 as uh, First Peoples or Indigenous Peoples in this mm-hmm. country mm-hmm. and with our indigeneity. You know, indigeneity indigene, indigene, Indiginy, uh is just about our ideology, right? So we call it indigeneity, right? So it's our ideology, and um, it, it and and I'm, I'm talking several things here, but and the benefits of our young people becoming bilingual is that they have two of those ideologies. They grow up with a Western, European ideology and our own indigeneity. That's the beauty of being bilingual, and I just came to that in the last five years as well. Because I, I in my work in, in setting up the immersion school system and the radio station and the e-learning that we're going to be talking about in a moment, but it all comes to the fact that I worked with a lot of wisdom keepers and elders and faith keepers, and they had such a confidence. Economically, they might not be the richest people, mm. but in wisdom, they're rich. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, and right. they, to me, had the PhDs, right? Of course, yeah. and and they and they lived in two ideologies. Yeah. So now I'm just starting to, to grab onto that and start writing about the benefits of being bilingual. Yeah. You know, and, and we want to return to that mm. as our civilizations uh, regroup, and we and then we want to emancipate from. The shackles that the crown put on us, Mm. with the most racist piece of legislation in the world, called the Indian Act. Mm. Mm. No other race in the world has an act like that. Mm. Even in this country, there's no French Act. Right. There's no you know Italian (laughs) Act or Chinese Act or East Indian Act. Sure. Yeah. But lo and behold, we have. The First Peoples have an act to control them. Mm. So I think those are the kind of shackles that's going to lead to our emancipation
0: mm-hmm.
2: as Indigenous people. Mm. And once we start talking about that, uh, whether it's in think tanks or where we want to go with our, institu- our own institutions, right. I think that's going to be our next, the next generation, our next seven generations, will be looking at that real serious for us. Right. Um, it took seven generations to get rid of our languages. Mm. It'll take us seven generations to get back. You right. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, and that's, that even goes with the seven generations we lost is the history of residential schools. Right. It took seven generations right. to do that to us. Right. And they had, they had license to do that over our people. Mm. So, anyway, that's what my, uh, that, that is my background, my thinking about who we are right now and the need to create our own institutions like the radio station, right. like or uh, mm. the uh, immersion school system, bilingual school system. Uh, and also, I, as a, we're, we're going to talk about um, uh, the development of our own synchronous e-learning secondary school system. Yes. So, do you just want me to start talking about that? Sure. Okay. So, what? Um, because I'm an educator, um, my first education job was for the London Board of Education. I was a guidance counselor, and uh, I taught history there as well for the three First Nations out of that London area. Mm. Anyway, that was way back in the 80s. And, um, I was always taken back by this this uh, term they or this, this point. Uh, uh, they would say to me each September, Amos, just keep your, your students here until the end of October. Make sure they're here until. Oh, and, and I said, okay. Like, I'm, I was wet behind the ears. I didn't, mm. I was so green, I didn't know, you know. Mm-hmm. I said, oh yeah, sure. You know, and, and so I would, you know guy do my guidance and my my nurturing encouragement of our students and then finally I started to realize like hey what's going on here We're like why do they say that but that's when the the, the the invoice went in right so they didn't care about what happened to our students after October 31st mm. and I, I found out in my work, my journey that the tuition agreements between First Nations and the provincial school system, is a cash cow for them,
0: mm.
2: you know. Um, at that time, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's changed that much. I, I've been. I'm also involved with, um, with education still, but I don't think it's changed that much, mm. you know. Um, I know there's a sixty million dollar purse that's or envelope that's for indigenous education, but I don't know. There is no one. There's no one providing oversight of that. Mm. Mm. I said or metrics. I don't see a metrics for that. Uh, how well that's that purse is you know, helping our students. Mm-hmm. But that needs to happen next. Anyway, um, so, but then our students would drop out right, of school, high school. And that's what really, because I had that experience, really drove me to try to find another way to have our students get their OSSD, interior school, secondary school diploma. Mm. Because at the time of, of our research, way back in, in 2010 or so, I was working for the Niagara Area Management Board, and um, I was the chair of the board, and um, I knew our dropout rate was, at that point, was 55% and climbing.
0: That was an excerpt of the interview I did with Amos Key on Six Nations. And as I mentioned, following all protocol guidelines for COVID-19, we will be playing you that entire interview at a later date on a special Moment of Truth presentation. But don't go away. We're going to be right back with Michelle Elise Bernay and Vance Bettaway right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses.
1: Element. Element. Element FM.
0: Welcome back to Moment of Truth on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. I'm your host, David Moses. My guests here on Moment of Truth. Well, one is a returning guest. Michelle Elise Bernay has been on the show before. And she's the Artistic Director of of, At Celebrations of Nations. And also, uh, our other guest on the show with us today is Vance Badaway. And he is a Member of Parliament for Niagara Centre. So, first of all, welcome to both of you. It's a pleasure.
1: Pleasure. Thank you so very much for having us on.
0: And we're here, you know, actually, Michelle, you know, as I mentioned to you before, uh, I've been wanting to get you on the show to talk about the uh, landscape of Nations 360 for a while. And it just so happens that uh, I received new information about landscape of Nations 360 that that came out. I think it, it partly uh, was it had to do with Vance's uh, an announcement uh, um, and, a, and a release that he put out that uh, had to do with some new things that were happening. So it, it's great that you're both available to come on and talk about this. Before we get started on this, though, Michelle, do you want to give a little bit of a background on, on Landscape 360?
1: Sure, yes. Landscape of, uh Landscape of Nations 360 really birthed out of uh, the Landscape of Nations commemorative memorial that was built. Actually, it's going to be five years um, that it will have been finished construction at uh, Queenston Heights in Niagara. It is a commemorative memorial to honour the sacrifices and the contributions that Indigenous peoples uh, had towards the, um, the War of 1812. Mm. And uh, it, it's a beautiful commemorative memorial. It's about a quarter of an acre property just very close to, to Brock's monument and it's land-based. And it's like, like I said, you can just kind of go through, it's like a, it's like a century and an exhibit that you go through and you have so many teachings that are all incorporated within this extremely beautiful installation, outdoor classroom, as I would call it. So, from that, uh, we went to Celebration of Nations the same year, so we'll be celebrating our fifth anniversary of Celebration of Nations as well. And that was sparked because realizing that we really did not have a voice yet and um we are also needed to come together as Indigenous people of Turtle Island and to reinforce our nation to nation relationship that we had prior to contact. And because we have so many larger issues to fight together um, as un- as unified together uh, than fighting against each other. So it was more of like, let's bring us all together, the to celebration of nations, uh, to share some uh, traditions, some stories, some teachings and um, just to kind of come together as unify as we are very diverse nations, but we can really strengthen that way. It was also twofold where we also brought in a lot of non-Indigenous people to come in and, um, and participate because a lot of times Non-Indigenous people are, are sort of shy to go to, let's say, the reserve or to uh, to friendship centres to go and enjoy socials or powwows or song and dance. So this way, coming all together in the centre of Niagara and occupy, occupying 90,000 square feet of the first Ontario Performing Arts Centre uh, really is quite phenomenal. And um, that was one way of bringing everyone together and educating through the arts. Then we came to Landscape of Nations 360, knowing that we were going to um, start an educational classroom, uh, build out with the 10 essential understandings and reverse engineering to align with the Ministry of Education's curriculum through the Indigenous lens. Uh, So everything that we've been doing... Tim and I, Tim Johnson and I, mm-hmm. for the last five years, six years, has been developing all these mini projects that all interweave into each other, um, which are all educational base. So I'll leave it at that right now. Mm. <laughs> we can talk a bit more about that. I think Vance also probably has another
3: lens on it as well.
0: <laughs> sure, Vance. Do you want to jump in with uh, with your, your interpretation of this? Well,
3: first off, I do want to give... Sincere appreciation to both Tim Johnson as well as Michelle Lee's for the work they've done to really give a voice to the educational components of of what we're trying to do through the calls to action. The ninety four calls to action. Canada's Truth and Reconciliation Commission released its report uh, almost five years ago, and, and throughout that five year period, uh, Tim and Michelle Lee's have been hard at it, really once again giving voice to what Canada is all about, where we came from, and and, and with that. Uh, education uh, not only on reserve or with our our different nations, but also uh, throughout the, the general public of uh, Canadians, uh, and really ensuring that Canadians know full well uh, about the uh, the different Indigenous communities, uh, what our history was, and, and and of course where we're going from here. Uh, the second part I want to add too is 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 again sincere appreciation for the participation. Of so many people that are that are making this happen, uh, indigenous communities, civic leaders uh, across all levels of government, uh, different NGOs, educational leaders, uh, schools from from the, the grade school level, elementary to middle school, high school, uh, up to to college, university, uh, arts organizations, and of course uh, ourselves included as the federal government and also the provincial government. And again, municipal leaders all participating, in ensuring that uh, education comes to the forefront, and how important that is. Because you know, it, it's it's disheartening when I when I you know I'm out somewhere or just talking to friends and family here at home, and, and you bring up some of the issues or some of the past, and, and people don't have knowledge about the sixty scoop. What is that? Uh, or, mm-hmm. or or a residential schools. What is that? And, and it just. I'm flabbergasted when I, when I hear people ask those questions, and and you know I guess the finger points back at uh, you know past leaders are not really emphasizing the need for education uh, in any venue, whether it be through the schools, whether it be through initiatives like this, or just ultimately having that discussion and therefore voice to ensure people recognize our past, but more importantly that we recognize the, the current and the future with respect to the respect, and and lastly I'll add this word to it. Uh, The resurgence, and and I can't take credit for that. I have to give credit to Michelle Lee's for that word. Um, The resurgence of of, of where we go from here, and ensuring that through this release and and, and through the recognition of landscape uh, of Nations three hundred and sixty, that not only what's being done here in Niagara is very valuable for southwestern Ontario, but the need to actually bring this out nationally, so that therefore the efforts of both Tim and Michelle Lee's aren't just being completed and done here in Niagara, that they can be brought across the nation so that therefore we can get a wider national benefit from their from their very efforts.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I think that I'd like to expand on to some degree to get a sense of how you see this uh, as, as, a, as a template for something to roll out across the country and why you think that is worth saying. Uh, what's going on there that you guys have seen develop? over the last five years in terms of what you've been doing that has made you feel like, yeah, this, this is something that could really benefit and could really roll out and be a template to go national.
1: Yes. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, with Landscape of Nations 360, what we've noticed over the last five years is at the beginning, very few people like Vance was saying knew about indigenous issues, um, history, uh, civics, what we're going through, who we were before contact, what we've gone through. Uh, so I feel that once we started bringing in these teachings and knowledge through both academic, academic knowledge keepers, elders, um, they started. People started saying, "Oh, they were really quite curious." And because at that time, truth and reconciliation had just come out, mm. and we realized that people were thirsty for understanding who we were. And when you create a platform through the arts and educating through the arts, whether it be still art, whether it be um, acoustic, whether it be workshops and interactive land-based experiential learning, whether it be uh, concerts with Buffy St. Marie and uh, comedy acts. I mean, we've had... Even all the way to operas, which we've had that are all indigenous and all telling our story on that platform and always with a message. So every year with Celebration of Nations, we've had different messages. The first year was a two row wampum, of how we can work together collaboratively, walk in parallel and build a stronger cross-cultural future that our seventh generations will really thank us for and make not is it but invite all the community indigenous and non-indigenous to come to this gathering to really feel what it's like to be as one to work together as one for a shared future and that's that's really i think where it ignited that sort of fuel in niagara where they felt so comfortable to come to a, a gathering for three days and really have true indigenous experiences and this is where it blossomed uh, then it blossomed into uh, to two different entities that we had through now we're starting with tourism uh, we have the tourism experience that we're having in Niagara uh, we have mocks and talks we've had uh, the mapping project that came that came out of this as well we have the the uh, We have so many different events that we're doing. We do concerts all through the season through, uh, well, not last a little while because of COVID, but events all through the season at the Niagara Parks Commission. I mean, we've been very fortunate once again to align ourselves with incredible, incredible unwavering uh, partners in our community that have helped us build a platform that we can have our voices heard and also respected. So, you know, what's happened in the last five years is it's also given confidence, um, self-esteem to our people that, you know what, this can be done. Yes, we see the light. We are going to have a resurgence, but you have to educate people about the harsh realities and the truths so I can handle the truths. But now it's time to take a canvas out together as cross, uh, cross-cultural cross people living in Canada and build that that template, build what that's going to look like going forward for the next seven generations. Mm. So this is what we're building now. One one of the biggest ones is the fact that we're in with all of the district school boards, working mm. with them very closely and aligning our educational initiative with the Ministry of Education's uh, curriculum. And we are delivering, I think one of the first really comprehensive uh, material and classroom uh, material to the schools from grade, from uh, kindergarten all the way to grade 12. And we're talking civics, math, engineering, uh, geography, history, because some of these students have n- never seen themselves in history. Have you seen yourself in history books when you were at school? I never did. Mm-hmm. I had to fight for who I was. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Vance, you didn't either. So we're putting that that context now into into the school books. And that's exciting because now we can, those the youth that read about it, they're gonna be excited and proud to know that their ancestors contributed so much to what we're enjoying today.
3: Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think as well, and, and Michelle brings up a great point, is that it's not just, for example, in the curriculum, regardless of what level of education, whether it be in the in the elementary, the high, high school, or the, or the secondary level, uh, or the post-secondary level. It's it's, it's it's not just one course. It's not just an indigenous course. It's actually built into all the courses, whether it be geography, whether it be uh, civics, whether it be history, whether it be law, whether it be politics, whether it be economics. You know, it's, it's injecting into those different parts of your curriculum uh, a part of our history, our heritage that's never been there before i know myself you know i'm 56 years old i never took nothing like that in school i never had any attachment to the indigenous community regardless of what course i was taken and and then and then same as universally you know so it's a matter of working as michelle lee stated It's it's a matter of working with the school boards but equally as important with the communities so it's not just in schools it's in our entire way of life it's you know whether we're we're out in the community at an event uh, and it doesn't have to be an indigenous event but the indigenous can be part of the event Uh, it could be again in the schools within all the courses that we're taking within our curriculum and lastly i think the, the biggest success that, that Michelle, Lisa, and Tim have brought forward is, is the framework for the ten essential understandings about Indigenous peoples here in Niagara, and this is where where I really got passionate and excited about it because it's got it's got credibility, accountability, but also it's got it's got the passion of 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 who we are as Canadians. And when you look at those 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 ten essential um, uh, the framework for the ten essential understandings, you know those include Indigenous people cultures. Uh, time and continuity and change Uh, people places and environments Uh, individual development and identity individuals groups and institutions power authority and governance production distribution and consumption nature science technology and society global connections it's not just about Canada this is global civic ideals and practices this is all part of not only our past but must be part of our future. So, therefore, you know the good work that's being done here in Niagara. We're extremely excited to actually bring this national and ensure that it becomes our way of life heading into the future. Let's face it; there, there, there were mistakes made in the past, and 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 of course, a lot of that was 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 done so uh, in a, in, a, in a realm of, of 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 not having that full scope, having that full knowledge of of where we came from. And as Michelle Lees alluded to, the respect. And that's what this boils down to. One word, respect. And 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 therefore not only recognizing our past, but ensuring that well into the future that we move forward with these essential practices.
0: Great. Thank you, Vance. Um you know, there's a number of things we can talk about there. Before we do, I just want to let everyone know that you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, anywhere across the country. If you download the Radio Player Canada app, type in one of those two coordinates as well as E L M N T F M, and then listen on your device of choice 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can also listen on our elementfm.ca website as well as any of your podcast streaming platforms. We do uh, put all of our conversations and interviews online so you can go back and listen to them at your leisure. My guests here on the show are Michelle Elise Bernay, and uh, she's the Artistic Director for Celebration of Nations. I, my other guest with us is Vance Badaway. He is a Member of Parliament for Niagara Center. Now, both of you at some point have touched on this, but we haven't talked about it directly. And that is uh, Indigenous heritage. Um, you both, both of you have Indigenous heritage, correct? Correct. Yes, and that's the reason you brought up about not being able to see ourselves represented in in books in history and I guess that's one of the biggest things that we you know should have been done and it was unfortunate that it wasn't done that that history was written the way it was and uh, that indigenous culture was not raised and given its due and also all the the pluses that indigenous culture and knowledge can bring um, especially as we look to our environment these days and about the the, the way we find ourselves dealing with this, uh, this climate uh, crisis that we now find ourselves in you know I, for some reason as you guys were both talking I can't help think about the Niagara region itself there's something wonderful about the Niagara region am I wrong is there something there that makes this, this a special place for what you guys are doing
1: It's absolutely a magical place. And, of course, uh, a lot of our treaties, like the Treaty of Niagara in 1764, I mean, these are treaties that rippled through Canada, basically established Mm. so much of what we are living today. Uh, Many of the treaties happened in Niagara. Um, It was also a trading place where Mm -hmm. it was kind of, it was this... Um, trail that was able to guide our people down into the south uh, and north, and that was like a nice. So there was so much going on in Niagara, of course, with Niagara Falls and Thunder Falls, with the energy of the mm. falls. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of um, mystic, and I, I think a lot of the elders would tell me that there's like magic there. There's, there's energy, and knowledge.
0: Right.
3: And, and a lot of history, you know, as, as Michelle mentioned earlier, the War of 1812, and, mm-hmm. and of course, the the, the involvement and, and, the, and the importance of, of, you know, how that war turned out uh, of Indigenous peoples. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you look at, when you look at uh, even today, you know, I, I was a mayor in Park Over here on, on the southern tip of Niagara along Lake Erie, uh, you know, for 14 years. And, and with that, you know, a lot of development and, and, and it was always amazing when we got into a part of our municipality and development was occurring, what we would find under the ground. Uh, you know, our, our resource, our museum, our resource center uh, is, is, is absolutely loaded and full of, you know, pottery and, and arrowheads and, and things of that nature that we found. And, and you know, that really, really uh, instigates a, a lot of interest. Uh, within our little part of the world, you know, with respect to our history and, and, and you know, the indigenous um, settlements that were here in, in this, this small part of the world. And, and of course, with that, you know, it intrigues our youngsters when they come into the museum and they see a lot of these uh, these uh, uh, th- different things like the pottery and the arrowheads and the displays that, that the museum is kind enough to put on. And, you know, you, you get the questions, Mm -hmm. Well, quite frankly, those questions should already be answered Mm -hmm. just through their own curriculum and through the efforts of having more education brought into the curriculum so that therefore, you know, they would have answers. And and of course, we always have questions, but also they would have a knowledge. And then therefore, um, with that knowledge, be a better part of the future as it relates to where Canada is going, especially through the truth reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And, And with that said as well, you know, when you, when you look at what Michelle is doing at the Celebration of Nations, uh, when you simply sit uh, at the, at the, at the Queenston Memorial uh, and, and the Queenston exhibit or with the one over into Kew Falls and Thorold, you, know, you can feel it, right? right. It, it's, it's one thing to go somewhere and, and touch and, and mm-hmm. see and hear and taste. And, and you know, it's, that's, that's one thing. But the bigger part of your experience when you're in travel, uh, whether it's a vacation or whether you're just passing by, is what is in your heart, what you what you experience, what you feel, and and when you get to, the, and that's why it's so important for these for these different sites that we have here in Niagara, because when you just sit there, and you know for half an hour, an hour, and read some of the storyboards and, and, and go on the apps that are available to tell you the, you know the the story, you feel it. Mm-hmm. You not only feel, you feel Canadian, you feel your history, mm-hmm. and and it's quite exciting. And and therefore, more interest comes out, especially from the youngsters. It's amazing when you talk to the youngsters, you know, how excited they get about this. Hence, hence the need to bring this out, not only here locally in Niagara, but overall throughout the entire country.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, because every every area has a story, has an indigenous um, yeah, history that's sure. deep rooted into Mother Earth. And you're talking about that energy and what you feel. You're feeling our ancestors, that are there, and now we've reawaken their spirit. Tim and I were working on the Indigenous Niagara Living Museum Tour, and uh, we put on the Empathic Traditions uh, exhibit at the Niagara Falls Museum, working with archaeologists. And we found a, not an arrowhead, but a... um, a piercing device that Mm. dates back to 13,000 years. So when you know that our ancestors or ancestors, indigenous ancestors have lived and worked and cultivated and have grown on these lands, have become one with these lands for Mm. 13,000 years, Mm. that's magical. Mm. And there's a lot of history in our ways. We know that plants There are elder, there are older relatives, and they have so much more to teach us because they've been around much longer Mm. and they still have that memory. Mm. So, yeah, Niagara is pretty exciting, but I know that uh, we can probably, every area that we can go to within Canada and develop a Landscape of Nations um, template, we know that we'll start to uncover Mm. all of these stories. And then we'll be able to piece these all together and have the complete story. Across Canada,
3: right? Well, yeah. It's amazing, David. When, when you when you look at a child's face, you know, at the age of five or ten, um, a youngster at that age, and, and you say to them, um, you know, Indigenous families have lived here on this land that you're standing on, dating back ten thousand years,
0: right?
3: <laughs> and seeing the look on their face, yeah, that's right it's amazing right and they, they can't even grasp it of course <laughs> you know yeah. and it's and then of course you go and then you go into you know you go a bit deeper into the into the, the you know not only the the evidence when, whether it's archaeological whether it's other evidence and they're so intrigued mm. now just imagine that that grade one student or grade five or grade ten student or or even post-secondary when you're having that discussion in any class whether it's geography, history, uh, civics, regardless of what class it is, and you inject into that into that class within that mm-hmm. overall curriculum, indigenous mm-hmm. history, mm-hmm. and and even to today and to tomorrow, teaching uh, our next generation um, about uh, about tomorrow as much as 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 important as it, as it is to learn about yesterday and and years back, but giving us that ability in our next generation to lead. With that knowledge is imperative, absolutely in this country imperative.
0: Right. Now, you guys have both mentioned a few things. I'd like to get back to, you, and I'm glad you mentioned that that integration that you're talking about there, because um, Vance, you mentioned passion, and uh, Michelle, you mentioned partners, and and I thought those two things were were critical to what you're doing, but. Um, You know, that built in the integrity or the integration that you're talking about that encompasses the arts, education, the educational institutions, uh, government and uh, and the general public. So this is a this is a this is not just one off of different things. You guys have have incorporated all of this to make it work in the area by getting all these partners. But they're willing partners. Right. These these people and the passion that you uh, guys have brought together to make this work in brings all of those things together so that it is successful and it is working. And it has that cross platform effect of, like you say, Vance, of incorporating that, not just separating it as to its own course. It is inter- it is in right interwoven, you know, weaved right in there, just like it should be, because it's part of the fabric of, of society, it's part of the the, the nation and how do you see that moving that forward to other areas? Are you talking with other people in other areas about this at this point in time?
3: Yeah, the simple answer is yes. You know, we, let's face it. And Michelle Lee's and Tim and all the partners, uh, without any fight. Mm. <laughs> Michelle Lee's can be very, very persuasive, and and, uh, and of course, with that in our in our past relationship, uh, going back to one of my mayor days, and of course, working with Michelle Lee's mom. Uh, when, when she was uh, bringing to Niagara the passion of, of Métis and as mm. well Indigenous, you know, going back, geez, in, in mid-2000s, five, six, seven, eight, and mm-hmm. the great work that she did. Michelle Lee sort of taking the torch and running with it with Tim and many other partners. They've been the ones that have been putting the sort of meat in the bone and the substance to this. And, and with that, you know, albeit at a, at a small part, the large part is, is, is by them and the partners my job quite frankly is 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 to take that passion and to take that vision and, and communicate it to the, to some of the decision makers that can actually bring it where we want it to be brought mm-hmm. to uh at every level whether it be municipal level of government whether it be the provincial level of government or in my case the federal level of government so yes you no, know, we've been we've been meeting with indigenous caucus uh we've been meeting with with uh the, the ministers both past and present uh minister miller minister bennett uh Minister Mr. Gilbeau, uh to look at bringing this on a national scope, uh, looking at certain pilot areas at, at, at the present. We have to be realistic in terms of how we roll it out, but but to, to bring it national and, then of course, with that, have it grow from there as it has in the past, growing from Niagara into other jurisdictions.
0: Okay. Uh, Michelle, would you like to add anything to that?
1: Uh, well, at this point, uh, what we're doing is we're going to continue to Solidify our Landscape of Nations 360 initiatives that we're doing here in Niagara. We're opening up a few more. Like I said, we're really excited about the tourism uh, initiative that we will. And of course, it only makes sense. Uh, and there is no Indigenous tourism in Niagara, uh, where Dance was saying the deep rooted history that we have is its time to tell. And it's another way to, to educate people through tourism and experiences. So, land based experiences. Uh, really understanding our traditions here in Niagara. All of these components, as we keep moving and looking at the pilots that we will be rolling out and how many, we're not sure, but it could be a long-term, you know, we can look at a five-year term, is that all of these initiatives, whether it be a commemorative memorial, whether it be a meeting place or space, Indigenous meeting place, space that everyone's welcome, um to celebration of nations where the community all becomes part of that gathering and they all feel welcome and secure um and whether it is in the classrooms which are this is all duplicatable and that's what's beautiful about having this template is that we've already been working on it for the last five years Mm. we've seen tremendous success in niagara where there's dialogue happening with non-indigenous and indigenous people. You're seeing um, because there's also been remunerations to towards uh, to our indigenous community members for participating in a lot of our events. They're now part of the economic fib- uh, fibers of the community in helping that grow. So it's all of a sudden now we're starting to see the effects that are happening, the positive effects that are happening that started five years ago. Um, You know, one is starting a radio podcast. Another one is starting, you know, so they're all of a sudden coming out and they feel proud of themselves. And that, to me, that's the best gift ever.
0: (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, Vance, anything you'd like to add to what we've been saying that we haven't spoke on that you feel is more important to mention as we finish up?
3: Well, I think I think what's imperative now is, 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 again, taking the passion, the momentum that folks like Michelle, Lees, and Tim have put to this and really bringing it to the next level. And I'll, I'll give you an example, David. You know, how many times 10 years ago did you attend a public event and hear people giving respect to the lands they stand on? Mm. Not many. Not many at all. Now you hear it all the time. Right. It's that respect again, and with that, um, that's because of people like Michelle Lee's intent and so many others that are given that respect and giving that recognition, uh, so that everybody uh, follows that that leadership, follows that 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 passion. Mm. You know, I would love nothing more than, than to to watch a hockey game or a baseball game in Canada here or or football game, and hear the same respect and recognition of the lands mm. uh, uh, before the national anthem is played. Mm. Uh, you know, so, but it's going to happen and it is happening. Mm. And, and again, it's because of the efforts of folks like Michelle, Lee and Tim, right. and we're well overdue to take this effort to the next level. And of course, bring it national, because as Michelle Lee stated, it's already being done successfully here in Niagara. And there's no reason why it can't be done across the entire nation. Mm. Right. Michelle.
1: Oh, well, I, you know, I, I echo what uh, Vance said. It's, you know, it's time, it's time uh, we've been patient for, what, over 400 years. Um, however, <laughs> we're not going anywhere, neither neither are the Canadians, but we need to find a way, a nice common ground that we can really bridge both our Indigenous knowledge and the mainstream knowledge and make this beautiful country a better place to live and play. We have that. If we can just think about that two-row way of life mm. and Respecting each other's canoes, respect is huge. But on top of all that, especially today, our partners like Vance um, and our other partners uh, that we have been working with, and Tim and I really are very cautious of the people that we work with are people that are like-minded, that um, really are transparent, that do follow that true way of life. And our partners with Vance and um, our leaders in Niagara, we could not do everything we are doing right now if it wasn't for them. So it really, to me, is you can have these ideas and you can be out there, but without our partners that are really truly there, like the PAC. And that's what we'll have to do in other areas, is to find partners that will partner up with us because I'm not going to build a 90,000 square foot. um, (laughs) I can't, I can't afford to. Uh, So, I think that when we find these partners that are unwavering and really see the vision, we can move mountains together. Mm. And when it's, and I'm ready to do that. And I know Vance, I can't, he keeps saying that's, you know, in large due part for Tim and I, but really it's our partners that also drive that momentum forward. And it's time to, to sort of, Go into that paradigm shift and create a whole new way of living and working together and respecting each other going forward.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to join on and, and share about the uh, Landscape uh, 360, Nation 360. And if people want to find out more, of course, they can go to the Celebration of Nations website, I believe. Is that right, uh, Michelle?
1: You can go to that website, um, but you can also go right to lon360.ca mm-hmm. okay. uh, to give you more information.
0: And if people want to reach out, they can get a hold of you through there if they're interested in trying to find out more?
1: Yes, they they can. Wonderful. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. It was wonderful spending this time with you and sharing this. Appreciate it.
3: Yeah, thank you, David. That's uh, very kind of you to give us the time today.
0: Yeah, the voices of Michelle Alice Bernay and she's the artistic director at Celebration of Nations, as well as Vance Badaway. He's a member of parliament for niagara center and i've been speaking to them about landscape of nations 360 and as they say you can find out more by going to lon360.ca or celebration of nations.ca that's our show for today thank you for listening to moment of truth each and every day right here on element fm i'm your host david moses we'll see you again tomorrow this has been moment of truth with david moses
3: element 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 fm